This week's opening quote is, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm on my way. Somebody said it somewhere and I liked it. Hi, this is Sharon Harris. Welcome to another episode of the Hot Foot Round podcast. Um, I think I must be coming down. No, I'm not even going to speak that into my life. Got a little bit of a sniffle. Anyway, this week's episode is called Stranded. You know what I realise, people? My friendship isn't for everybody, you know. I'm quite a unique being, if I must say so myself. My friendship is not for everybody. In fact, this whole episode is about being stranded, actually, twice. Once in Aruba and once in Peru. I've got to tell you about the story. I can't believe I haven't told you about, about my journey to Machu Picchu. Must tell you about that is today's episode. And um, what else is coming up in the episode? Joke of the week, shout outs you know the usual stuff coming up next this is me Sharon Harris welcome one and all don't forget to follow me on the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at hotfootbones and also you can follow the show on all platforms where the pod where the podcast where podcasts are available everywhere that is SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn app, uh, just anywhere where you can get podcasts. I'm there. Search Hotfoot Roams. Ta-da! I shall pop out and surprise you. Um, if you've got any queries, questions, comments to make, suggestions... Uh, hit me up on Insta, as I said, or on Twitter, or alternatively, if you're still old school like that, you can send an email to hotfootroams at gmail.com. Do that. So, as I said, this episode is about, it's called Stranded, and it's about me getting stranded. So, believe it or not, my favourite stop on this journey was my trip to Peru. And although I have spent more than half my journey, or half my travel journey thus far in Aruba, my favorite stop was actually Peru in South America. It was just so different from, I guess, anything that I had experienced before and definitely different from what I was expecting. It's, it's quite a big country and it has so many different layers to it, so many different elements. So you've got the big city, you know, you've got the city element, which is the capital, Lima. And then you've got all this kind of ancient history with Incas and stuff like that and the other tribes, the other tribes. You've also got loads of different mountains, like obviously Machu Picchu being one of the most famous, but they've also got a place called Rainbow Mountain. There's lots of kind of spiritual mysticism. Uh, Peru is quite well known for its ayahuasca retreats don't ask me how to spell ayahuasca right now but it actually begins with an ay um, ayahuasca retreat ayahuasca retreats are basically where 
like a shaman or a tribesman from the bush or the mountains is called upon to initiate or conduct a, a, a spiritual a spiritual sermon or spiritual service and they use like herbs and stuff specific plants and, and specific plants are used as uh, hallucinogenics so I suppose a person like me who doesn't do any kind of drugs I don't even drink coffee or smoke cigarettes when I was introduced to the idea of ayahuasca I was like nah I'm not on that furthermore we're 99% sure that the the shaman doesn't speak English so he's coming from the bush just rustling up any old plant burning any old seeds grinding it down with any old liquid and telling you to drink it and say some prayers and chants and how this is going to open you up open up your open up your spirit open up your soul connect you with your ancestors and the earth and all of that I thought I'm not on it you know and then I met a sister from New York we met in Brazil and she was the one who was telling me that um, she's actually going to go ahead with this ayahuasca retreat I was like for real sister she's also a person that I smoke and I'm like okay well she sent me some info she's like yeah I'm still doing my research and I'm not just going to turn up just like that but sorry I'm just having a sip of water but um, I really like the idea of it. I'm like, okay. So I kept reading, kept reading. And I quite liked the idea further down with further, further research. So that's quite famous or quite well known in parts of, parts of Peru as well. They've got lots of, got a couple of famous monasteries where in the city of Lima, there's a very famous church and you'll find it in all the tour guides about Peru as well. There's a famous church, famous monastery, sorry, to be specific, because the monks still live there now. And once upon a time, it was the main, it was the main church for the city of Lima and it was also the main graveyard, the main burial ground. So for all residents or citizens in the, in, in the Lima area, when they passed away, they, they were buried at the monastery. So to this day, those skulls and bones and stuff are still buried underneath the church. So I went on a tour with a couple of ladies I had met, fellow travellers that were out there. I just We just bonded together as travelling ladies. And we went to this famous church. I'm going to give you the name of it at the end of the show because I didn't pull it up before I started recording, did I? So we went to this church and uh, this monastery and there's quite a few hundred bones buried underneath so and what's really odd as well right so at first i'm going and they're like yeah you know underneath the they're giving you the tour the lady's giving us the tour giving us the background of the of the monastery it also houses one of the oldest if not the oldest library in south america with the original book still there dust is everywhere but the books are still there there is a process that's being conducted by the um peruvian art council in conjunction with the local government as well to actually preserve those books and they are in the in the process of actually what do you call it 
I guess digitizing the information so it's not lost. I'm very surprised I've left it till till kind of recent years because these books are hundreds of years old. So anyway, we're on the tour and the tour guide has given us the whole background on the monastery and how many years it was in effect and how many monks are still there and how many monks were there at its peak, etc, etc. And then we make our way down to basically the basement of the church and no photos are allowed, although a couple of the ladies that I came with, they sneaked a couple of pictures. To be honest, I had no reason to take pictures of any, any bones. No matter who they are, I don't need that on my phone. I'm just one of them people. Certain things I just don't need to look with, you know? I don't need to bring it home. So, you know, I, I, um, when I left that place, it was all about the frankincense and myrrh and burning some white sage, just in case. You never know. I don't know none of these people. Um, everybody that dies, dies differently. And they lived differently too, you know? Just saying. But it was quite an interesting space. The really weird thing was, so you walk through uh, basically a basement and it smells musty, it smells like dead people. Anyway, the weird thing was that all the bones were like collected and displayed collectively. So all the skulls were like in a like decorative circle in one corner of the basement. And then you'll find like thigh bones, like a whole, a whole collection of thigh bones just huddled together on the right then you'll find hip bones kind of over there and it's like a whole collection of bones and who woke up and said oh i know what we can do let's decorate the basement how about we gather all the skulls and put them together on the left and somebody you collect all the thighs and put them together on the right ooh, ooh, ooh. anybody got hip bones let's put them in the middle <laughs> who came up with that idea that shit's not decorative that's weird Anyway, that's how the basement is. Shit, just got bitten on the back of my head by a mosquito. How the hell did that just happen? Literally in the middle of recording. Some little bastard just jumped in the back of my neck. Bastard. Anyway, that was really weird. But interesting at the same time. So that's in the city of Lima and very easy to access that as well. Uh, let me fast forward. Oh, sorry, we fast fast forward. There is also a place called Miraflores and Barrancos. They're very much kind of the artsy, um, what can I say, the artsy nouveau hip places of the capital of Lima as well. Great artwork, lots of interesting places to drink, lots of interesting places to eat. It's filled with a ton of travellers as well. So if you're not if you're not keen on bumping into fellow backpackers, then you might want to avoid those places. But if you are on your own and you wouldn't mind meeting some like-minded people, those are two places that you can bump into some folks as well. Great street art. If you haven't checked it out already, I do have some of the artwork on my Instagram page as well. It's there. Okay, so, like I said, I bumped into some ladies on the tour and they were going to Machu Picchu. They were already, they had already arranged a hike up. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess I need to get to that part of the system part of the country which is Cusco so that's like another main city of Peru and if you want to get to Machu Picchu and any of the other main mountains you'd have to go to the city of Cusco 
cool. Now, I was going to take a, uh, a coach, you know, safe course. But coach was like 12 plus hours. I said, let me fly for 45 minutes. It was only going to cost me 70 pounds. Did that. So I have booked my accommodation in a place called Aguas, Agua Calientes, which actually means hot water in Spanish. So I booked my accommodation nice and far in advance actually, which is pretty good for me because I don't normally do that, but I did fairly far in advance for me. So that's all sorted, boom, got the flight, boom, I'm on my way to Cusco. Get to Cusco. Actually, there's two parts of strandation to this previous story I forgot to tell you. So I get to Cusco now, and I did not know that Aguas Calientes is miles away from Cusco. Like, I didn't realise exactly how many miles it was. I'm like, can I get there by Uber? I check Uber. It says yes. I'm like, cool. On the plane I go. Boom, get off at Cusco. Do, 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 do. Pull up my little data that I still had on my phone. Yeah. Got my Uber app up. Requesting Uber. It's telling me that there's no cars at the moment. Okay, cool. Check back again. No cars at the moment. So I asked the information desk. I said, oh, excuse me. Um, do you know and have any idea how roughly how much um, a taxi is going to cost me to this hotel, which is in Aguas Calientes? She's like, um, no taxis go that way. She said to me, oh no, I've got, I'm requesting an Uber, but at the moment it's telling me that there's no cars available. It tells me obviously that, that it shows me the map and the journey and the location, etc. You know, the way that Uber does. But at that, that moment in time, it was telling me no cars were available. So the lady's like, yeah, no taxis go to that hotel. Taxis don't go to Agas Calientes. You're going to need to take a taxi to the bus station. From the bus station, you're going to need to take another bus. From the bus, you're going to need to take a train. And then you're going to have to arrange something to get up to Agas Calientes in the morning. This is me, no lady. No. Uber app tells me I can take an Uber. So if I can take an Uber, then Joe Blogs Taxi must be able to take me there. No taxi goes this way. What you need to do is take the train, train, bus, train, and wait till tomorrow. I said no. Now, suffice to say, I've got into a heated discussion with this lady, probably spanning a couple of hours now, because when the plane landed, it was daylight. By the time Sharon realised that Sharon was chatting shit, started to get dark. In fact, it was already dark. So, the lady tells me, cabs don't go that way. I'm like, oh shit. By the time the pennies dropped, I'm realising that I booked my hotel. I might not get my money back. How the hell am I going to get to Aguas Calientes from here tonight? How the hell is that going to happen? I called a hotel. The rigmarole of trying to find someone who speaks English. Finally, like three or four phone calls later, somebody comes on the line and I tell them, I'm at Cusco Airport. There's no way of me getting to the hotel tonight. What's the deal? I don't know how many days it's gonna take me to get there. 
but I'm going to have to figure something out. They were really kind. They said, don't worry. Let us know when you can come. You know, your booking will be available and we'll just take your booking from when you arrive. I'm like, cool. I go back to the, to the customer service of Hotels.com. They said, all right, let us arrange something for you. So Hotels.com sorted me out with a hotel in basically the city of Cusco. Got a taxi to my hotel. That was fine. Phew. That took about, I don't know, three or four hours to, to sort out. Anyway, get to the, to the, to the hotel. I end up bumping into a sister I met in New York. Same sister I was telling you about who had told me the, about the um, ayahuasca retreat. So I wasn't the only person that thought an Uber could take you up to this hotel. Uh, what's the name of the hotel? It'll come to me. It'll come to me in a minute. I'm gonna, if I don't repeat it in the episode, I will post it on Instagram. Or just remind me to post it. And yeah, she also thought, she's like, Sharon, I checked Uber. Obviously, it said no, you know, it said no, no cars at the time, but it was showing me the map. I said, me too. So, you know, I wasn't out here by myself thinking that Uber can take you everywhere. No, I don't. So, I'm in the city of Cusco now. And um, I do a few walking tours. I take in the city. Cusco's really nice. The one thing. Hey. Let me tell you from now, yeah. You see when you're in a big city, now bear in mind, I was in South America now, maybe six weeks. I'd been in South America for about six weeks, probably a bit more than that by that time. And it had just been blazing hot everywhere I'd gone to, and it was blazing hot in Peru too. So, but by the time I get to the city of Cusco, oh my God, it was like England cold. I was wearing my coat and my hat, my scarf, my gloves, because it, the altitude is crazy high and you're closer to the mountains, it's freezing. And the hotels usually have really big blankets on the bed and stuff like that, it's very, very cold. And it's a bit of a shock to the system because I just happened to be wearing my jacket because I traveled from London from winter time. So the, back, the jacket's too freaking heavy to put in my suitcase, too big for the hand luggage, so I'm forever just wearing it whenever I'm going to the airport. And I usually travel in a, in, a, in a jumpsuit, which is also one of the heaviest items in the suitcase. And my walking boots, because there's no room in the suitcase to put the walking boots. So I was semi-prepared. I was just prepared to take it off when I got to Cusco. Oh no, where's my scarf and my hat? It's cold in this place. The altitude is crazy as well. So be careful when you do travel, if you do travel to Cusco, because the altitude will hit you for six. You won't think it will. And people have kept telling me when I, uh, when I had arrived. And I was thinking, I feel fine. I feel fine. And I felt fine on the first day. By the next day, I literally felt like I was walking through mud. I was moving at such a slow pace and I felt so sickly that I felt faint. And because the weather goes from being freezing cold in the morning, then you have these bursts of heat, then it just drops again to being freezing cold. You're never quite dressed appropriately for the change. 
anyway, there's that. Cool city as well, Crisco. Lots of things to see, lots of really good walking tours as well. And um, they got a really nice Inca museum there, which is pretty good. Lots of artwork again, stuff that I like. Artwork. They love, they love their clubbing up there too. They do like their rave up in, in Peru. They do love a good rave up. They like their um, reggaeton. They like a bit of dancehall too. They like their Latin music. Yes, it's all on in Peru. Anyway, fast forward now because the main reason I've come to Peru is to visit the, the Machu Picchu. So, myself and Sister Vanille, we decided to do a tour together, join a tour together. So we took a tour with this tour company. Okay. No way. If there was a time that you really wanted to crack a person's skull, it is definitely this tour guide, this tour company. Anyway, I meet a brother on the street one day. We get chatting. And the square, Cusco is kind of surrounded by a main square. And I stay in the hotel just the square. So the whole square is pretty much catered to tourists. So it's either, it's either really good restaurants, pubs, bars, clubs, um, and the, um, the activities in and around the rest of Peru. So we found a tour, the price was right, it was going by bus. I'm like, well, at least we get to see the scenery. I was cool with slumming it by bus. My friend wasn't too cool, but I didn't. I was happy to go by bus. So we go to Boston. We get picked up. Now the night before and that morning, it was raining like crazy. Little did we know how much rain really impacts on the journey to Machu Picchu. Now, this ride was going to be about about five hours approximately. That's what we were told. And then there'll be a small amount of walking and then we'll get into, we'll get into Machu Picchu. We'll get into Machu Picchu town, which is Aguas Calientes, like I was saying earlier. Anyway. We're on the bus now. The bus leaves at about 7 a.m. Minibus. We're told it's going to be a luxury Mercedes air conditioning and an English speaking driver. All lies. Anyway, we're on the bus. The scenery is incredible to the eye. I mean, we're, we're, we're driving up mountain mountains basically. It's gully, death drop on the left, and nothing but mountain and concrete on the right. Now the road is supposed to be two-way, but it's really one-way. So we're driving along, rain is pouring down. So it, you know, to me, I'm just fascinated with just the beauty of it. Just, oh wow, it's just incredible. Incredibly beautiful. The mountains, the greenery, the lushness, the nature. Oh my gosh, it's just amazing. We pull up. Spanish, 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 Spanish. Me and this sisters are the only two people on the bus that don't speak Spanish. We're like, well, what's going on? Everybody's getting off. I feel like, well, hold on, we've only been down a couple of hours. Yeah, somebody translates that. The bus isn't going any further. Okay. We're going to have to go over those rocks. 
cross the bridge and just wait for wait for the wait for another bus on the other side so really it's on the other side of the mountain and we can see the other side of the mountain literally just across it's the open gully and the other side of the mountain which is fairly easy enough to see and there is actually a footbridge oh, okay cool looks like an adventure to me climb over the rocks climb 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 over the bridge get the selfies in it's looking cool you know now what had happened was like i said because of the rain they'd basically been mud and rock slide so vehicles couldn't pass so we had to climb over um, a small amount of rocks to get to the other side but there has been a lot of rocks falling like, okay get to the other side we're waiting waiting this time now it's afternoon sun it's getting hot so we're on the other side slowly but surely we see people starting to disappear some people look like they were going back on themselves some people were jumping in random cars we're like okay we're like the last set of people so it's me new york sister another peruvian lady that was on the bus and two other peruvian ladies that were on the bus so the five of us decided that we're just going to jump in this next taxi that comes jump in the next taxi we're like cool he could just take us the rest of the way we're assuming right we must have been in a taxi about 15 minutes spanish 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 we're like okay what's going on we get the Toulouse translation that says taxi man ain't going no further this is the far this is as far as he goes he also wants to get paid and this is it we're like okay so what are we doing now let's walk down there walk down there it should be about 45 minutes to the bus stand okay now what we did not realize that down there was actually a mountain forestry gully bush and it weren't no 45 minutes so we are unprepared for this chapter of the journey now i just so happen to be wearing my walking boots because they're too heavy to put into anything so i wear them but the other ladies had on their sneakers, one had on sandals, I had on no sleeves. One lady had a jumper on because she wasn't planning to be out in the heat for long periods of time. We are unprepared for what was what we were told is 45 minutes became seven hours of walking. Let me tell you people, I said 45 minutes became seven hours of walking. So this time, we as ladies are trying to figure this out. Two of us speak English, three of us speak Spanish, and the five of us are challenging, are challenged to communicate with one another, but we all know what the hell's going on here. Not only have we been duped, but shit, what the fuck are we gonna do? But carry on just walking until we get to some kind of element of civilization. They, we are all wearing in case of emergency call this number wristbands right that was a fucking waste of time the spanish speaking bus driver he had turned back on himself and drove back to wherever he came from and left us out here stranded the tour company was nowhere to be found so we're now having to figure out this shit ourselves so we just walked it down obviously we were holding on to what we thought was 45 minutes we're walking, walking, 
walking, walking. So we've now done the best part of three, three and a half hours of walking. We now got to the end of the mountain, and on the walk we've seen a few people coming up. We're like, how long is it? They're like, don't worry about that. Just keep walking to get to the bottom. They're like, yeah, but how long? Just keep walking to get to the bottom. Like, oh shit, man. Everybody's sweaty. People have fallen. Touch wood, I was the only person that never fell down. Bum on floor, fall down. No, I didn't, I didn't fall down. So we've come down to the bottom. We, can't, we started to walk up to what was like a bus, bus stand. We're like, cool, this must be the bus stand. We get in the bus stand now. We're trying to, we're now calling between the five of us. We're calling the phone number that was on our list. We get some automated service in Spanish that doesn't mean shit. And it says a mad message and hangs up. So everybody's cussing. Everybody's cussing. Everybody's sort of irritated. There ends up being an argument between me and the, and the sister from New York, which was just crazy. Because we were so cool before, I mean, cool afterwards, obviously, but we were just so irritated with the whole situation. So, fast forward now, we have been sitting in this minivan. We just found a minivan. We've been walking for hours, everyone's sitting down like, fuck it. Wherever this van's going, we're going. But we're sitting down. We sat down for about an hour. It's now fucking pitch dark. Along comes a random bus driver. Yes, he's speaking Spanish. No, I don't know what he's saying, but he's taking us to where we need to go. So anyway, he gets in the minivan, starts driving. He takes us to a place called Hydra Electrica. Now, Hydra Electrica is, is like another town before you get to Aguas Calientes. And Hydroelectrica is also where the train runs from. There's a train track that runs in that area that the train, there's a train service that takes you to Aguas Calientes. So we're thinking, fuck it, we're now in a Hydroelectrica, let's just take a fucking train. That's what we're gonna do. So anyway, we get off the bus. Can you believe that the bus driver is now demanding to get paid? We're like, fuck you, dude, that ain't happening. He's like, oh, oh, oh. Pay me, pay me, pay me this. Fuck you. You ain't getting shit. You know why? Because this bus ride is meant to be part of our package. And if it's not part of our package, you need to talk to this fool, call him and ask him for your money. We ain't paying you shit. We just freaking risked our lives. Risked our lives walking down mountain, bush, terrain, forestry, unprepared, and you want to get paid? Fuck that. We already paid. Mr. Tor- Mr. Teeth and Tall Man, we're not paying nobody else. Not happening. Even the Spanish ladies were like, you ain't getting nothing from me. Like, no. So we stopped at some little, some old woman's house. So I guess she was part of the tour somehow. And she was meant to be giving out beverages and refreshments. Well, that shit's been sitting there for hours. Because we're hours behind our arrival time. Because the bus broke down. Because the bus couldn't go any further. And we had to walk the rest of the way. We're like, fuck this food. Don't want it. It's all dry and fussy. I also want to be compensated by for back for that. Because now we're like, everybody's pissed off. We want our money back. That's the mode that we're in. So anyway, like I said, we're in Hydroelectrica. And it's night time. Pitch night. So now five ladies have done three. 
I don't know what happened to the other two Spanish ladies. I really don't. I cannot remember for the life of me, but it was us three, right? So we're walking. We're like, great, there must be a train going. Get to the train track. We speak to some guys through the railings. And they say, no, there's no train. You need to walk that direction. So when they say that direction, so, the, so think of it like, um, like a V. So you've got the left part of the V, which is the train track. And he's like, no, 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 there's no trains going from here. You need to take the right part of the V, which takes you into more forest, more bush, more terrain. It's pitch dark. They're like, nah, 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 but that's the train track. So surely we must be walking on the train track where it's semi-lit. He said, no, can't go this way. We get into our argument again. Like I said, we're all irritated. And there's no way that this man could be directing three women into darkness and telling us to walk for a couple of hours. You will get to the town. Nah, we're not having that. We're looking to walk this way. Where the train goes, he said, no. You can't walk this way. It's not taking you where you need to go. We argue for about an hour because I'm, I'm fucking refusing to move. The sister from New York's refusing to move. But the other Peruvian lady's like, yeah, it's this way. We're like, narcissist, it can't be that way. You can't, it's pitch dark. Forestry. Lo and behold, another group of stragglers who were also stranded with their group are now starting to arrive into Hydroelectrica. And another set of stragglers who had also walked in the wrong direction was also starting to meet. So there's like a like three three different groups of people are starting to merge into into this section of Hydroelectrica. We're all we're all pissed off. We're all fucking abandoned and stranded. And we're all trying to find our way to Aguas Calientes. So I pull out my torch the sister from New York was like, what are you doing with your torch? I'm like, shit, you never know what might happen. Like today. Drew up my torch, a couple of people had their phone lights, and so it ended up being about, about 15 of us instead of the three, which was a blessing. So it's a good thing we ended up arguing. 15 of us decided to make the trek. We're talking another three, four hours of walking blindly in the dark forest dark forestry so we start to walk through forestry i'm just praying no kind of animal don't jump out on me when i tell you it's dark people need to understand it's like walking with your eyes closed that's what it was crunch crunch underneath your feet brush brush ship on your arms because i'm sleeveless and darkness don't make sense you open your eye it's the same color as when your eyes are closed so we're just walking we're walking we're walking the i get a phone call from some random guy who happens to be part of the tour company. He asked me, where am I? I'm like, I don't fucking know. Who the fuck are you? He's like, oh yeah, I've been told to call you. I'm part of the tour group. I'm like, look, where have you been? We're lost. The bus kicked us off. We're stranded. We're in Hydroelectrica. We don't know where we're going. He's like, yeah, just keep walking straight. We'll see you when you get there. Click, what? I'm calling him back, calling him back. Man ain't answering. I'm sending in WhatsApp messages. Man ain't answering. I'm like, this is fuckery. We're walking through the bush. All I can hear is roaring water, miles away. I don't see the water, but I can hear that shit roaring. I'm walking underneath my feet. is like rickety pieces of wood. 
underneath the rickety pieces of wood, guess what? Roaring River. I want to tell you Roaring River, right? It's like that shit you see in cartoons where it just looks like, you know, the sailor man's going to get drawn in by the, the, the roaring sea and the sea monsters is going to eat him alive. Yeah, it's like that. Roaring River. God bless anyone that falls over the edge, you know, because no, I ain't trying to save him. I hope you meet your maker in peace. I won't be going with you. I'm walking. And I go, I had to zone out. I zoned out. I zoned out from when we were walking in the daylight. Because I said, you know what? I don't know about no one else, you know. But I know I'm getting to the end of this shit. I zoned out completely. And I'm getting to the end of this shit. I don't want to sit down. I don't, I don't want to drink nothing because that means I'm going to have to go to the toilet and I don't want to pull down this jumpsuit to try and find somewhere to pee out here in the middle of nowhere. Nope. No sorry, Bob. I don't want nothing. I want to get to my destination. I zoned out people and I just put one foot in front of the other with my torch. Rucksack on my back. Kept walking. People want to sit down and stop knock me off. Thank God there was a couple of men that were in the group. They were so gracious and they made sure that all the ladies stepped over fine, they were comfortable, they stopped. Made sure the ladies got over the rock bits. When I got to certain parts of the um, Roaring River with the, with the ancient pieces of wood, that's it. Left and right was the fall. And in front of me was just four pieces of wood to walk over this, this little man-made bridge. Had a little hand to help me over which was good and then there was one part where we were looking over this oh god this rusty iron bridge underneath over the roaring river sharon had to be the one to step on the loose the loose sheet metal and that thing cranked and all of us just spun around like what the that is cool man good keep walking keep walking keep walking and i'm not dropping through that shit. keep walking keep walking so eventually we made it to a little like a hut it was like an oasis we were like oh we see light light i say we see this little oasis and then banging down the little person's door help 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 the lost then they give us some dodgy directions yeah 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 it's about half an hour that was like another two hours walking. And then we were trying to get water from them. And they're like, yeah, we've got a pipe, but we don't have no cups. What? And the pipe is inside the house. And they were not going to let the 15 of us through into their house to get the water. So yet again, we were just left high and dry. So we got to Machu Picchu town, Aguas Calientes, about midnight. Maybe just before midnight, and we have been walking since the afternoon, maybe three o'clock, about three p.m. And we made it at midnight, and I'm telling you, I have never smelt my own body the way that I smelt myself that day. I smelt like a whole other person had invaded me. I smelt so bad that I wanted to. I was just heaving, walking with myself. I smelled so stink that I felt like no shower was really going to scrub the dirt off my body. I didn't think that no amount of deodorant was really going to help them out. No amount of baking powder, baking soda was really going to eradicate that odour that was coming out of my armpits. And I'm thinking, if my armpits smell this raw and unrancid, 
all by the rest of me. Oh my god, it was awful. It was awful. But it was a fucking adventure. It really was. I thought it was an adventure anyway. It was an absolute fucking adventure. And I thought to myself, even when I was walking it, I'm never going to forget this fucking moment. As long as I live, I am never going to forget the seven, eight hour walk and getting totally stranded on the route to Machu Picchu Mountain. Craziness. Having got to um, Aguas Calientes, the next morning was the shuttle to take us to actual Machu Picchu. And we were originally going to walk it, like take a little hike up. It was about an hour hike and it's meant to be really nice and beautiful. Let me tell you, fuck beauty. I don't know that pain. My thighs, my whole body was aching in a way I've never experienced before. Come the morning. I was literally throwing myself out of the bed and literally lifting one leg and lifting the other leg in order to just try and walk. So we got on the bus, dropped us to Machu Picchu, had our little tickets and stuff like that. So this me thinking, oh, well, you know, we just walked inside and we're going to take it to sides. It's a mountain shower. So every last step inside the park was a mountain fucking incline. I was in pain, people, from the day before. Every step hurt. Every fucking step. I was lagging right behind everybody, trust me. I was walking like an old lady. I didn't care either. I'm like, come on, Shannon, my God, you're going to miss this. Come on, come on, look at this. I don't care. I'm hurting. I will meet you when I get there. But it was well worth the pain, trust me. It was worth it. It was absolutely freaking worth it. Would I go through all that shit again? Nah, I wouldn't. <laughs> well, that worth it. But it really, really was worth it. Machu Picchu was incredibly beautiful. It is surreal. It don't look real whatsoever. When you get there, you're like, this is like Lego land. This is not, this isn't a land made of Lego. It's not real. It really is just amazing how the, how the, just that, that level of architecture, it is really what it is. From such ancient times, like 700 AD, how man just created that with their bare hands or, or, or the technology of that time. It's just amazing. It was just absolutely amazing. I go into I've got some more photos on Instagram. There'll be more pictures on the blog, and videos, and lots of more detailed information about the not the separation of the tribes, but just how the tribes live. Because obviously we have hierarchy amongst tribes, and hierarchy the higher level tribes people within a certain part of Machu Picchu and the workers within another part of Machu Picchu and the people worshipped in another part of Machu Picchu as well and what that worship looked like and what that worship entailed. Excuse me. And one of the things I find strange as well, I mean I know it's one of Peru's biggest tourist attractions but I'm 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 a person I'm always trying to seek the truth. So when I asked a tour guide about to tell me what happened here in this vast land where did all these people go was it just natural death or were they murdered by Spanish invaders so he tried to kind of decorate the truth to just say well, you know things over the years you know the tribe tribe fizzled out and 
blah blah blah. I said so they were murdered by Spanish invaders. That'd be correct. Uh, uh, would that be correct? Because you know, colonialism is not not um, it's not just fixed in one place. Like Peru suffered, so did all of South America, so did other parts of the world. They usually suffered in the same way, particularly thriving economies, thriving nations suffered pretty hard when European invaders came in and basically just killed everyone. Created conflict amongst what were neighbouring tribes. Implanted smallpox into what would have been their equipment and their fabrics. Uh, poisoned their animals and their, you know, their livestock and their food chain as a way to basically control the people, control the population, and take over the land and the riches. Because, you know, gold, silver, healing crystals, all were in that land. They were just on the land as, as part of their life. It wasn't, it wasn't stuff that they kind of exported to Europe. It was on their land, that's their stuff. But Europeans knew about it and said, I want that shit. And went about their way of taking it. So that was an interesting history lesson, trying to squeeze that out of the tour guide. But um, Machu Picchu is absolutely amazing and I recommend it to anybody and everybody. Just spend your money and go with a really reputable tour guide. Read everything you possibly can find about that tour operator before you spend your money to go with it. And if you can't find anything, and if, the, and if, you ha- if your gut tells you something ain't right, just go with that shit. Spend your money and be safe. You don't know how much I wish that there was such thing as Uber helicopter for that journey, you know? You really don't know, I wish. I was clicking my heels together saying, come on, Uber. Uber helicopter is really required in certain parts of the world and Machu Picchu is one of them. The rest of Peru was really amazing. I went on a tour with a company called Peru Hop and through them I went to... Yes, through them I went to a place called Hawachina. H-U-A-C-A-C-H-I-N-A, Hawachina, Hawachina. And it's like an oasis in the middle of the desert. Like I said, Peru just has so many different terrains. So it's like an oasis that will remind you of Dubai or Abu Dhabi, one of them places. I also went to the place called Caracas, went to the reserve area there. They've got a red beach, all the sand is red from an underwater volcano. I went to I went to oh, like I went to Paracas. I went to Nazca where there are those lines. I don't know if you've ever come across them yourself, but they're called the Nazca lines. They're these lines that are in the sand and they're indescribable markings and they're markings that nobody knows how they got there. It has, they've been there for hundreds of years, nobody knows how, no matter what, what weather conditions occur, 
they stayed it. And nobody knows anything about it, you know, they think the aliens landed and did it, all kinds of stuff, lots of um, speculation, but nobody knows how. I also went to a place called the Poor Man's, the Poor Man's Galapagos Islands, and that was also in Caracas, if I'm not mistaken. And it was really nice, I took, went out on a boat tour, and there was just all the seagulls and sea life. It was really, really amazing. It was so cool. They they fashion it as a bit of a as a bit of a like a poor man's version of the Galapagos Islands. I don't even know the Galapagos Islands. Galapagos Islands are just off the coast of Ecuador, and again, those islands have all kinds of life. Some parts of the islands are not inhabited by humans, but they are but they are inhabited by all kinds of just life and reserve that you won't find anywhere else and you can go out and, and uh, have your field day with photos and stuff like that and they have a version of that out in Peru as well but one thing I really wanted to do was to visit a place called Chichinya in Peru and it's a town, forgive me, I'm actually pulling it up as we speak. Hmm. Okay. Place is actually called Chincha, which is C-H-I-N-C-H-A. And it's a town and we are as part of the tour, they part of this weekend tour that I went on with Peru Hop, they were doing a tour of this hotel they call it the slave tunnels and i'm fully aware that all of south america had enslaved africans at some point i didn't know the history behind peru's enslavement of africans and this was really 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 interesting visit a really interesting tour The slave tunnels are actually uh, inside the basement area of the Hotel Casa Hacienda in San Jose in the town of Chincha. And they were discovered around 2007. There was an earthquake in that region and the hotel got badly damaged. This is like a five, four, five star hotel, it's a luxury hotel anyway and the hotel got partly badly damaged. And in the repair, that's when the slave tunnels were rediscovered. The slave tunnels are in kilometers from the basement of the hotel to the nearest beach. And that tunnel was actually dug out so that Africans can be brought into Peru without slave owners having to pay tax on them. Initially with Peruvian slavery, or slavery in Peru, sorry, um, indigenous people were enslaved initially, but as cotton and sugar and lemon pr production expanded in the 18, sorry, in, 16, in the 1600s, 
whilst that started to expand, come the 1800s, Africans were brought in to support that expansion. And as I said, they were brought in via the beach along the 16 kilometer tunnel. So I was not missing the opportunity to, to see this with my own eyes and to go on this tour. So, as I said, I had toured this place on the Peru Hop. I've been on this coach for days now. And we're having, I'm having a nice, long, deep sleep from the rest of the weekend that I had experienced. It's been really full on, really exciting. I'm quite exhausting as well, but just fantastic. So we're coming up to the last leg of the tour, which is the slave tunnels. So driving along now, which is pretty smooth, we're just driving along what is the highway and then we enter to what is the, like the beach town. And then we're stepping, we're driving into the main part of Chincha. So like I said, I'm in a deep sleep and something just made me jump out of my sleep. I'm telling you, the road was so rough. It was unbelievable. Now to the eyes, the road's not rough, you know. Road is not rough. I personally feel that that's the energy of those who were, who lived in that town, those that were enslaved, those that were tortured, those that were killed. Because I'm telling you, the drive was smooth. As soon as we entered this area, and the road's not rough, you know, we're not driving over rocks and mountains. But as soon as we entered the town, I, I just felt the complete energy shift and how cold it was, even though it actually wasn't a cold night because we'd arrived in the night. So anyway, we get to the hotel and the hotel is on what was a plantation. It's very clear to see that it was an, a, a plantation. It's a very vast, quite a vast space that the hotel is on and, and next door to the hotel is a church which I don't think is in use anymore as a place of worship, worship but uh, they do have like a slight museum type thing going on. But as I said, we got there in the night, so it wasn't open. So we get to the hotel now and um, I'm still feeling, excited is not quite the word, but I'm still feeling like, yeah, I'm so glad that I'm, I'm here. I really wanted to have this experience. I really wanted to see this with my own eyes. I'm the only black woman on the tour, and there's one other black male. There's one black male, myself, the only black woman. So this tour, it must be about 30 of us. Probably about 30 of us that arrive at the hotel. And inside the hotel, there's still very much like a, a plantation great house. It still, still has very much that look about it. And so we get inside and we're given a bit of health and safety information. You know, if anybody's got a bit of issue with like tight spaces, you might not want to go inside. A couple of people decided, no, I'm not going. I'm like, cool, man, this is what I came for. So the tour guys, obviously he's gone in first with the reps from the hotel. And at the moment, you can't quite do this tour separately from Peru Hop. I'm not sure if that's changed just yet, but, um, when I went, it was still the case that you couldn't book that tour separate from Peru Hop. If you want to go to the safe tunnels, you've got to book the weekend on Peru Hop. So anyway, get there now. We're walking downstairs. So we're just walking down what really seems initially like a basement. So no biggie. 
Um, I'm walking in, am I in the middle of the group? I think I'm in the middle. So we're walking along and they're giving us a bit of background information. And we're walking along, walking along, and this space starts to get narrower and narrower and hotter and darker. And it becomes so narrow that, that the space is pretty much nothing more than shoulder width. And I'm only five foot seven. And I'm, I'm far from skinny, but I'm not the chunkiest of chicks, but I've got a little meat on my bones, you know what I mean? So I'm walking through and I'm like, oh shit. It's like something just came over me and went, I can't do this, you know. I've just realized where I am and what I'm actually doing. I am walking through a place that my ancestors were forced to walk through without choice or option or knowledge of what exactly lay before them. They're shackled together, not knowing the language that's being screamed at them, not being able to adequately communicate with one another, struggling with the temperature, the space, the height. That really came over me, man. It was, it was, it was frightening. That was really, really scary. So I got to a point and I'm like, I can't, I, I, I'm not walking any further. By now, I'm at the back of the group. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. So my options were either to catch up with the rest of the group or try and find my way back to the exit, which was dark. I just caught up with the rest of the group and, and muscled my way into the middle because I'm not, I'm not hanging out of the back. But it was really scary. And I remember saying to myself, but Sharon, you actually had the option to go in and go out on your own accord. Your ancestors didn't get that opportunity to do that. And so in the, in the slave tunnels, if you, if you ever get a chance to go, you'll see on the ceiling that obviously in the 16, 1700s, they were, they were gonna be, they were using candlelight as light. So the whole ceiling and the walls is very much darkened by burnt candles. Still, it's very much still says it's still very much the same. Uh, they've obviously cleaned it up for the tools and stuff, but just the shape and the width and the height and everything has remained the same. They haven't kind of chiseled out extra space for tourists and you know to make it comfortable for tourists. No, it's not like that at all. I did take a few pictures, and if I'm honest, I've only actually looked at them once, and I've never posted them on Instagram. I couldn't, I couldn't look at them after that experience. I couldn't do it. It was very, it was really, really emotional. Really, really, I didn't sleep for two days after that. I did not sleep for two days. When I came back, actually, when I actually left, when I returned back to my hotel that night, I remember kind of just 
just kind of just sitting there, like praying and meditating, like cleansing down with frankincense and man, like I said, I didn't want to bring back energies that were neither good for me, helpful or that which I was not supposed to be bringing back. I didn't need to have that attached onto me. However, I was just grateful. I was grateful for what I found out. I didn't, if I didn't go on that tour, I just wouldn't have known the way I knew, the way I found out, I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't have known. And I definitely say it's worth taking that tour. In fact, that particular aspect of the Peru Hop tour, I didn't actually have to pay for, it was free um, or included in the trip. So there was no extra cost for that. So if you were already on the tour, to return back to the capital city of Lima, it would have been added in anyway. You would have gone through that part, unless you were, you know, hopping off earlier. So that was, that was amazing. That was really, and it moved me like to my core. I've barely spoken about it since, since, because I just found it, I found it to be deeply, deeply emotional on like every level, you know, anger, just tears and also just the fact that what well, I learned so we came back to Cusco before I got on the before I got on the Peru hop tour um because the Peru hop tour was actually leaving from Cusco so when we went to Machu Picchu did the Machu Picchu thing stayed in Aguas Calientes uh, for a few days actually just chilled it was so busted from all of that walking and we just took in the little town there really isn't much to see in Aguas Calientes you know it's literally food drinks massages and actually the the thermal baths which is brilliant um, there's a couple of them, they're really, really good. So I took in the thermal baths as well. But we came back from Machu Picchu. We actually came back by Peru Peru Rail. PeruRail.com, I think it is. Um, it's basically like the main train that takes you to and from Machu Picchu or from... Sorry, let me start again. The main train that takes you to Machu Picchu town. So we ended up paying for that ourselves because after what had happened with the tour, we, me and the sister from New York, was not feeling do having anything to do with these crazy people. So we weren't even thinking, oh, let's go back with them. Fuck that. We just spent our own money and took the Peru rail and rode back in comfort. So we did that. And then we came back to Cusco. So when we came back in Cusco now, we, myself and the sister from New York, she went away for a few days. We then met, up, met back up again. And we went to confront the tour operator, Erpis Travel, that's Umbrella Romeo Papa India Sierra, Sierra Erpis Travel. We went to go and confront them. We got police involved in everything because the fuckeries was real. The fuckeries was real. We um, confronted Alex, that was the male guy who was the tour operator guy that we went through, who we paid our money to, 
who claimed when I spoke to him on the phone that, oh, you know, the business isn't mine. I work there. It's actually, you know, my brother's wife. Well, she's your family. So you are her. She is you. That's exactly how we saw it. And we wanted our money back. And I made that clear on the conversations I had with him, the messages I sent him, which he was taking his sweet ass time to reply to. So we just turned up at the at the shop, bought police involved. They took statements and whatnot. There was very little the police could do, but they were there. And we brought the police to let them know that we were quite serious. What you've done was fucked up and you left us stranded. Any one of many health and safety issues could have happened, did happen. We want our money back. So we got into an argument with the female owner. She's like, I ain't paying nothing, my boy. She's like, you have to wait for Alex to come back. If Alex wants to pay you, that's up to him, but I ain't paying you. We're like, all right, cool, wait till Alex comes back, because the sister from New York is ready to take off her head. I'm like, oh shit, don't tell me we're gonna go to jail tonight. <laughs> so Alex returned the next day. So the next day now, we get there to crack a dawn, boy. We have messaged him. He's like, yeah, come and meet me at nine o'clock, fucking 8.30, we were there. We went playing. We want our money. He's like, no, 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 I ain't got no money for you. We want our money back. Our money back now. We paid about, about 110, 110 US, about that, about 110 US dollars for the trip. We're like, yeah, we want that back. Now nah, I can't give it back. She's like, look, this is what's happened. That's what's happened. You well and know that we were abandoned, stranded in the middle of nowhere. Anything could have happened to us. We were not prepared. The emergency number didn't work. Nobody was on hand. Where were you? What's going on? Your sister-in-law ain't been answering the phone. What the fuck? Give me my money. But you went to Machu Picchu. You went to Machu Picchu. We nearly died on the way there. Give us back our money. The man told us, this is Peru. People die every day. Rocks falling, I can't, I've got no control of the weather. People die every day. I don't understand what your problem is. Oh, fuck me. If there was a time. Thank God. I'm not really the killing type just like that. But in that moment, you're just thinking, ooh, might just take a man's life, you know, for 110 US dollars. I'm not like that. But in that moment, that's what I'm thinking. What kind of fucked up shit is that? Giving back my money. So we're arguing, arguing, arguing. And we're in the square. And like I mentioned before, that the square is kind of like a touristy hub. And all around the square is lots of different tour operators. So everyone's starting to gather now because our voices are raised. We want our money. We want our money. The female owner was like, I'm paying shit. Yes, you are. Somebody is paying us and we want it today. So this argument went on for ages. He tried to palm us off with some crumbs. We weren't taking the crumbs. And then after the argument con 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 continued and he offered us a quarter of our money back. We're like, fucking hell. A quarter of our money, you know. Okay, in fact, it was just over a quarter, not quite half. Not quite half, but it was over a quarter. And we're like, for real. 
and I'm looking at the sister from New York and I'm like, this is not an easy decision to make, you know, sis. Because this ain't shit, really. But something was better than nothing. Because there was no way I was leaving there with nothing. Unless someone's head has the bus. <sighs> we took the money. We left. Yeah. And that was the end of that. We... There is a, a review on Google and TripAdvisor just tearing him another asshole, tearing them another asshole. And if only we had looked at the reviews before we booked, we would have known they were full of shit. But it was a lesson learned. And for me, it was an adventure I had. So I don't regret it, but I could have done without a fucking dickhead trying to take my money. But like I said, it was an adventure I had and I don't regret it. Joke of the week, people. In fact, joke of the week is what has inspired me to actually create this episode in the first place. So, this is strandation number three. So, like I said, the episode is called Stranded, right? And I say that... Uber don't take you everywhere, and neither do your friends. All right. So anyway, one night when I went out with my friend in Aruba, this is. So this is a joke. I'm in Aruba. I am, we're going out, my friend and I. So I told her, look, there's an outdoor festival taking place. Do you want to come? I'm looking to go. Now, the outdoor festival was in a town called San Nicolas. So San Nicolas is like... It's like, people call it like Black Town or Chocolate City because that's where all black people live, right? So, it's not that black people don't live anywhere else in the room, but they do. They just predominantly live in San Nicolas. Anyway, I say to my friend, oh, do you want to come to this dude? This thing's free. She's like, yeah, cool. I said, oh, it's on the street with good less reach. So anyway... She was taking a really long to arrive to pick me up. So I'd left to make my way. So she calls and says, oh, excuse me, I'm yawning, how rude. She calls and says, oh, I'm on my way. I'm like, all right, cool. So let me spin back round. Anyway, jump in the car. So she says, oh, where is the do? I'm like, it's San Nicholas. She's like, you didn't tell me. I said, yeah, I did tell you. She's like, oh, I didn't tell you. I said. I told you, I said, well, if it's cool, it's cool. If it's not cool, it's not cool. Let me know. She's like, oh, no worries, we'll go. Anyway, we get there. I'm excited, people. Listen, I'm always excited when music's playing, especially when it's live music. I'm excited. I'm like, yep, I'm ready to shack out. So anyway, we get there and on route, she was saying, oh, I'm really hungry. I hope they've got food. And I'm like, I don't know, at this late hour, it's kind of late, but... You never know. If they haven't, somebody must have food nearby. Cool. So we get there now, music's playing. I'm dancing up, dancing up, dancing up. She says to me, oh, I'm going to get some food. I'm like, cool. Now, bear in mind, people, my friend is older than me. And as you know, I'm the nice part of 40. 
So she says, I'm going to go get some food. I'm like, cool, no problem. She's like, why aren't you going to come with me? I said, no. I'm right here. She's like, oh, okay. I said, cool. I'm dancing up. So maybe like five minutes later, I said to her, so aren't you going to go and get some food? Well, I'm not going to go by myself. I'm like, okay. Fair enough. Clearly you ain't that hungry then. Dancing away, dancing away. So I don't know anyone at this event, right? Even though I know a lot of people in the robot, I don't know anybody at this event. And, but this is her hometown. This is where she grew up. This is where she works as well. Even though she doesn't live there anymore, but it's where she grew up and it's where she works. So, you know, and it's her island. She knows people. I don't know nobody here. Well, I've got friends, but you know what I mean. At this event, I don't know a soul. I'm bubbling. So anyway, about, about five, seven minutes later, she's like, oh, I'm going to go and get some food. I'm like, all right then. She's like, oh, I'll be back. So I look her in her eye and I knew. Instinct told me this bitch is not coming back. Like, okay, cool. All right, no worries. I said, let me give you the benefit of doubt. I'm busy enjoying myself. Music's playing. I'm dancing away, dancing away. So it's about 1 a.m. We get down there about, about 11. So about 1, after 1 now, the function's finished. I have a look around. I don't see her. I'm like, okay, this is strange. I wonder if she, I wonder if she messaged me. Mm, okay, don't see no messages on my phone. Check my phone. I said, all right. Senses. Let me, let me drop her a quick message. So I said, oh, where you at? I'm at home. People want to tell you home for her was 20 minutes drive from where we were. She goes, oh, I'm home. Excuse me? You're at home? Oh, yeah, I just got in. So you just went home and didn't think to tell me that you were leaving? Oh, I went to get something to eat. Yeah. When were you going to tell me that you were at home? So this is the conversation we're having on WhatsApp, right? So when were you going to tell me you went home? Oh, well, I just went to get something to eat and then I just thought, oh, I might as well go home. When were you going to tell me that we came together? Oh, um, yeah, well, I just, just thought I'd get something to eat and I'll head home. All right, cool. So you just left me then? All right. Cool. She's like, oh, I just went to get something to eat. There was nothing else in it. I said, you knew you wasn't coming back. That was your intention, not to return. Why didn't you just say you weren't coming back? It's not like it. That wasn't, that, that wasn't, that wasn't really what it was. It was just, you know, I was hungry and I just thought I might as well just go home. I'm nearby. All right. I'm pissed off. Pissed. I said, all right, cool. Now, the bitch thing is, I did not drive in Aruba. I just chose not to drive, right? I didn't have a car. Car hire is insanely expensive. 
It's insanely expensive, right? So, and public transport does not run 24 hours. So public transport runs late, Monday to Friday. But it's Saturday night, going into Sunday morning. Public transport does not run late, Saturday night. So, I'm kind of screwed. Because there ain't no taxi circling this area either. It's very much a residential area. There are no taxis circling. There are no buses. Sharon's out here on the other end of the island. Let me stress end, because it's like the end. And I stay in the middle. It's the end. So I'm like, what the fuck? Bitch just left, you know? I said, all right. So I speak to one guy who I'd met briefly before at some other event. And I said to him, I need to get back. I need to get back to town. Do you know how I can do that? Is there a bus running? Where can I get a taxi from? He's like, boy, ain't no bus. Ain't no taxi. So he said, hold on a minute. I think the small bus might be running. I said, are you sure? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's running till three. I'm like, cool. How do I get there? So at this point now, he's talking to his friend to try and kind of work out the correct directions. That's what I thought, but he's speaking to her, speaking to her in Papiamento, which I don't understand. So anyway, the lady he was talking to, his friend, she's like, I'm not going to drop her to no bus stop. If anything happens to her, you know, I'm going to wring your neck. I'm like, okay. So I said, well, but don't, don't go out of your way. Just drop me to the bus stop. She goes, it's fine. So her and her boyfriend, they're driving. They said, oh, no, it's fine. There's no bus. There's no, you know, I'm not going to drop you to the bus stop. And look, the bus stop is, is completely empty. There's no bus. I'm going to drop you home. So I've told her what's happened. I said, well, basically, I came out of my friend. She decided that she's so hungry She's not only going to go and get something to eat, she's just going to go home and not tell me. And I'm having to message her to find out that she's in our house. So this woman was so pissed. She was, she was angry for me. She's like, I can't believe somebody would do that to you. She knows you're not from here. Doesn't matter how safe everyone says a Uber is. It doesn't matter. You came together. You're friends. You should leave together. I said, my sentiments exactly. She's like, no. She goes, I hope you don't speak to her again. She's not nice. So even her husband said to me, you know what? Me as a man, born and raised in Aruba. See, when I come out of my brethren, we come together, we leave together. Anything can happen to any one of us. And we're men from the island. I'm not leaving my brethren for no reason. Like, if he's leaving... I know where he's going, he knows where I'm going, we're all on the same page, but more often than not, no, we come together, we leave together, that's how we roll. I come out with my woman, I leave my woman, I'm not leaving without her, she's not leaving without me, why would I do that? That's rude, why would you do that? Okay, so I'm not the only person that's seen the rude behaviour, right? So, um, I get back to my place, I just, a huge thank you to that couple, and I cannot believe I don't remember their name. They were so, so lovely. I thought they'd been together forever. 
they were so you know lovey-dovey and very you know tactile and touchy and it was really nice but they don't they'd actually been dating for three months I thought they were married forever but they've been dating for three months and they're both really happy they're like oh you know when you know you know good for you man good for you so um just thank you to that couple who were kind enough to drive me back from San Nicolas that night. You know which night it was. You dropped me back to my place. So, my quote-unquote friend messages me, had messaged me. I would just refuse to reply that night. I'm like, I was so vexed. I'm just not going to, I'm going to come back. I'm going to shower. I'm going to sleep. I'm not, I'm not going to bed with this madness. So I wake up the next day now and I see her messages from the day before. So, or from, from the early hours. She's like, oh, you know, there really wasn't anything. There was, wasn't any other issue. I was hungry. I went to get something to eat. I went home. That was it. I said, well, that's what I have an issue with. I said, the fact that you can't even see the error of your ways, okay. The fact that you've yet to even ask me how I was getting home or even if I even got home. Disrespectful. I said, I wouldn't do that to you. There's no way that I would leave my female friend anywhere at any time for some food. That's not going to happen. That's just not going to happen. And I'm not going to, we came together. Why would I leave you stranded? You were driving. So clearly I wasn't driving. How was I, how was I going to get back? Like, no regard, you know, nothing. Anyway, kind of long, boring story short. I said to her, you know what? I don't really respect that kind of behaviour. I ain't got no space or time in my life for that behaviour. It has been an absolute joy meeting you on my journey in Aruba. Absolutely. And I, I mean that wholeheartedly. We had great times you will see her all over pictures on my instagram because we had a great time really really good time but people you know about reason and season and the season came to a close and that's just how it was People, we're coming to the end of the show already. This is another juicy episode. It's like over an hour. I'm getting quite good at that over an hour thing, isn't it? I quite like that. I've got a lot to talk about. I hope you like it too. So thank you very much for all the love that and all the encouragement and all the support and the listens and the shares and the subscribes and the little messages that you send me, thank you very much. It keeps me encouraged. So the more you say so and do so, the more I'll do so too. Thank you. I really appreciate that a lot. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm just, I just get on with it. I don't, I don't know. I don't really know how this works, but you know, try me, I try. So catch me on Instagram, on Twitter, at Hotfoot Roams. I have a YouTube channel, people. It's called Hot Foot Rooms. <laughs> and what I'm doing with the old YouTube, I'm going to put stuff up there. I mean, I've only got a few things, but more things will be going up. So just, you know, subscribe and watch that space. I did say, I've already said there's no update on a blog. I'm sure I've said that already. I haven't yet listened back to what I've already said, but if I haven't said it already, I'm saying it again. There's no update on the blog. The blog is 
and will be. The end. So, people, tune in next time for another episode of the Hot Foot Rooms podcast. Thank you so much for your ears. You could be anywhere else, but you chose to be with me, and I truly, truly appreciate that. Thank you. You know, when you hear this quote, the show is over. Those who roam are not always lost. Keep roaming, people. Peace.